What is up? I'm Jill. And I am Leah. And you're listening to Lesbians Lesbians Are Miracles. We can do that now because we're on our fifth episode and we've learned a lot. We've learned so much about each other and about lesbians and about miracles. Oh, we haven't learned that much about miracles. And about how hard podcasting is. Mm Mm-hmm. But pretty much. So this week's episode, I'm like, anyway, we're not going to talk about that. Anyway, it's a really worthwhile struggle and we're so happy to be on our fifth episode. If you've listened this far, thank you so fucking much. Yeah. Thanks for hanging in there. It's going to, it's going to get better. I promise. It's getting better all the time. (laughs) Um, so this week's episode is, um, dyke music and, um, what, what is dyke music? What makes music dyke music? Um, is it music performed by LGBT artists? Is it music that people who are dykes or in the queer community just happen to like? What is it? We're going to delve into it and uh, we're going to get straight to it because it's impossible to talk about dyke music and not talk about Lilith Fair. It is the jumping off point. I mean, like Lilith Fair, it's basically like lesbian fest Um, for, for, for the younger Millennials in the listening audience who might not be familiar with Lilith Fair. Oh, God bless. <laughs> yeah. I'm, first of all, I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. Second of all... <laughs> They're like, it's fine. We're going to live so much longer than you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, probably. Um, Lilith Fair was a, a big traveling music festival in the late 90s. Uh, 97, 98, 99... They tried to have a comeback 2010, didn't work. I don't even, I don't, I was telling Leah before, I don't consider it canon. Yeah, I think we can get into that later because I think that's a point of discussion that um, bears sort of expansion, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, it was started by Sarah McLaughlin. And who, if you don't know who Sarah McLaughlin is, was a musician, right? And she was part of the singer songwriter wave of women musicians in the mid-90s. Yeah, there was, like, I feel like in the 90s, there was this wave of, like, women in rock. And it was really, there weren't a lot of commonalities between a lot of these women in rock, but... Their vaginas. Like, the fact that they were cisgendered women... Yeah. Who were musicians. Because there, on the one hand, there was, like, Riot Girl and that stuff going on. And, uh, and then there was a lot of kind of singer-songwriter-y, um, troubadour-ish type stuff. Troubadour-ish. It's so true. It's so troubadour. It's so uh, troubadour-ish. Um, and, and I think that was Sarah McLachlan, uh, 90s kind of folky, um, so yeah, acoustic. Melancholy, acoustic. really all up in her feelings all the time, yeah. wearing chokers and like, uh, suede vests with nothing underneath them. She did all those animal commercials. And then after I read a review that said she was so traumatized from doing them, maybe I'm misquoting it, but she did videos of like adopting old sick animals from the pound and they always made everyone cry. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember that? Well, I remember the commercials. How could you not? That, yes. I mean, it's you basically want to jump out a it's window when they come on. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> really, truly. And no one adopts a dog, really, because, or, well, I don't want to say that. I'm sure they have. I didn't. I just felt bad after. Yeah. But that's not to, you know, say the commercials were ineffective. Anyway. It makes me clutch my cat tighter at night. I know. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah McLachlan... Is not a lesbian. 
No, but she is one of the most lesbian adjacent. Yes. Well, I guess people slash queer women musicians of the '90s, which to me and my world are just like yeah, they all pretty much everyone so gay to me, but like so many of them weren't. And something I found interesting. So yeah, she started this. Started this this festival and it was all women performers. And I read on the Wikipedia page, and this is really interesting. The reason she started this festival or her impetus for starting this festival was she became frustrated that concert promoters and radio stations refused to feature two female musicians in a row. There was never, it was like some sort of weird failure of the Bechdel test, but like as it <laughs> pertains to like lineups and yeah, like, like playing like songs. like radio playlists and things like that. Yeah. And... I mean, there's still issues with, with, with things like that going on, but it was it, music was a, it was pop music was a lot different back then. I mean, the more things change, the more they stay the same. But anyway, so she started this um, this festival, and it was like just packed to the brim with female artists. Um, the first year, it was very. Uh, very much in the vein of music that she puts out is that kind of like uh-huh. like singer songwritery acoustic guitar like a little granoli not exactly maybe a little new agey very white it was very white and then I was looking at the later lineups and yeah, they Missy diversified and Missy Elliott Erica Badu Monica India Ari um, so they diversified it as it yeah. went on but so yeah at least the first learned, year was yeah. extremely like homogenous I think is the only way to say that yeah so I did not go to any of the Lilith's fairs and uh I was I was a little young well I I don't know I was a teenager and I was also like I think I was harboring some internalized misogyny a lot of that type of music I didn't think it was cool back then now I, I I love it and and It's almost nostalgic, though, or no? Oh, yeah. You genuinely love it. But you are also kind of punk. And that's still, and that's a compliment. Um, Yeah, but it's also like, who am I? Like, like, because I think I I did secretly like a lot of those songs. Like, I listen to them now without shame, but I did listen to them back then, too. And, like, I could get down, not all of it. I I couldn't, like, quite get on Paula Cole's level back then. It was like a... A, a bridge too far for me. I'm so glad that you said that. And I need to interject really quickly because my brother texted me as I was like leaving work today and we were talking about what we were doing. And I said, I'm listening to Paula Cole. And he says, why? Paula Cole don't groove. And I was like, <laughs> oh, we're recording a Dyke Music podcast episode. So I'm doing some research. And he said, I require a stone groove, my man. There gotta be some grooving dykes. I'm gonna do some research. All of which is to say, I think it's like fair to not Lilith like Paula Cole. I think it's Lilith <laughs> fair to not necessarily like fuck with Paula Cole and maybe also not have internalized misogyny. Or, but that's not to dismiss. I had a little bit of both going on. on. I yeah, there's okay. part of me that was like a little too cool for school. Yeah, and like I didn't want to admit that like I can I love Adia. But now I we will, were born I will innocent. Ca- I will karaoke the shit out of Adia. Oh, I've like. seen it happen. I've seen you actually. Jill is like kind of the queen, and I egg you on. But you karaoke so many Lilith Fair. Oh yeah, artists. like Cheryl Crow is like, another one of my yeah, go-to. Cheryl Crow is like your go-to. I karaoke Cheryl Crow. I was in Saint Martin, and it was just like myself and my girlfriend at the time, and a bunch of like. <laughs> 
baby boomers that were like on cruises just like popping in for a day and I like did karaoke on like I don't know the board the bo- I don't know I guess it wasn't a boardwalk but whatever the strip on the beach and <laughs> the strip on the beach and all these baby boomers were calling me Cheryl that's the highest compliment to me that you could I can't believe you've never told me that story I, can't I feel like I haven't either robbed in many regards that's incredible yeah you also Jill has a great singing voice for those of you who don't know and it lends itself to Cheryl Crow like tonalities, in my opinion. Yeah. Or maybe you just do it really well, or maybe it's, it's, it's both. We, we, should, we roughly we have a, a, the same range, roughly. I would say so. Yes. A lot of All people have said is this is raspy. Fun. I'm gonna take it as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> but what something I found really interesting, like going back. So I didn't actually go to Lilith Fair. Uh huh. But were, I was, you know, very aware of what it was and. Um, my older sister and some of uh, my friends who were older than me went. I was at summer camp because this was like a summer festival, and I wasn't. I was too so you young. You were doing your own dikey shit. Like. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. I was spending my time at an all-girls summer camp. Yeah, you were making it count, <laughs> arguably even more. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was too young to get like days off, but um, my my friends that were older than myself, uh, including my sister, got days off. And on one of their days off, they went and saw Lilith Fair. And I just remember them telling me, they're just like, oh my goodness, it was just like Lesbo-Rama 1998. <laughs> Were any of them lesbians? Uh, I, don't, I mean, I don't remember who exactly went. Maybe one or two of the group were. Um, but I, I asked my sister... And I was just like, so, gosh, like, what was Lilith Fair like? Gosh. Go- yeah, I don't know. Gosh. I love now, that. Gosh, I'm Mormon now. Golly. <laughs> Sue? I don't, I don't curse. No. Um, so I, a- I asked her what, um, what Lilith Fair was like, and she summed it up by saying, I needed a tampon, and one million women offered me one. <laughs> That's the best, like, allegory, I guess. Is that what you would call that? Yeah, or actually just, like, a literal story of what happened. Yes, but, like, such a good representation of, like, I mean, it's almost like a stereotype of, like, so derivative in and I love itself. I love it. I love. Say it again. I may be, I might have talked over the end of it. I think it just bears mentioning one more time. Oh. What did she say? She needed a tampon and one million women offered her one. You guys, <laughs> in a nutshell. I know. I want that to be on my epitaph of like, like this is like how... Lilith Fair, colon, I needed a tampon and it's just one like million women offered me one. A statement of sisterhood. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, like when you're in the bathroom at a bar... And, like, I, I just love drunk women in a bar. Like, yeah, it's, like, my I mean, favorite yeah. thing ever. Like, Me straight, too. gay, wherever you are, when you're in the bathroom at a bar and you're drunk, it's, like, the strongest feeling of sisterhood it's so true. in the world. Uh, secondary only to watching the sister act. <laughs> yeah, second <laughs> second to that, of course. Um, and, and, yeah, so you could just, like, Say the word like tampon. You could like sneeze the word tampon. You like like someone will like smell your pheromones and be like, <laughs> "Honey, oh, I girl, got you're gonna you. get your period in five minutes, so take this." <laughs> I take such pride in giving people tampons who need them. I feel like I I'm at like my most. Not that I I was a Girl Scout for five seconds, and that like it's never even something I strove to be, but like at my most helpful and like beneficial and part of a fabric. Which is not to reduce women to only having their periods or oh, only of vaginas. Not. I mean, of course, they're not anything like that. But they're to bring it back to like the strong camaraderie, 
camaraderie that you feel in a women's room that's absolutely true. Oh, yeah. It's like when I, like, give directions to tourists. Like, I feel like yes. I'm being such a good person yes. when it's like, I'm really Finally not doing I'm much. useful. Yeah, where I'm yeah. like, make a right. And I'm like, yes, I, I rule. I'm so nice. I can get you there. <laughs> like, yes, I know where, like, 28th and Lexus yeah, is. So that like, way. Like, I, like, somewhat overhear someone, like, say the word period. They might actually be talking about a punctuation mark. But I will, like, <laughs> immediately just, like, put, plunge my hand into my bag and, like, whip out, like... Would you like super, regular, totally. or light? I have the whole variety. <laughs> applicator or no applicator? You know? I mean, well, I guess some people don't like an applicator. Oh, yeah. I know some people that don't. Word. I am not one of those people. But anyway. anyway back Lilith to, Fair. Back, back to Dyke Music <laughs> and Lilith Fair. Something uh, that I thought was really interesting <laughs> that I did, being someone that did not go to Lilith Fair but was very aware of the fair. Um, oh, my God. Hashtag aware of the fair. <laughs> So many acts and women that I just assumed played Lilith Fair did not, in fact, play Lilith Me Fair. Me too. And I found that in the course of doing this Lilith Fair research for a reason that we will discuss soon enough, but I'm not going to re- going to reveal right now. And I was like, what do you mean they didn't, you know? Yeah. Like- but I was also surprised by the people who did Lilith Fair in the 90s. For example, Tegan and Sarah, that I never would have thought had, would have done Lilith Fair. Like, I just didn't think it was relevant at that time. Oh, interesting. See, yeah. that that doesn't surprise me at all. But I, like... I just didn't like, know they were popping head, in, I like, the 90s. I just assumed that every lesbian female artist played Lilith Fair. Because I just conflate lesbianism and Lilith Fair. And me I know too. that's not right, but right. whatever. It, there's Well, a, your head does what it there's does. A, there's a big <laughs> shaded area in that Venn diagram. Thousand percent. <laughs> oh, it's more shaded area than, like, individual components. Lesbian real is right. So, yeah, I was like, oh, you know, like, Melissa Etheridge, Katie Lang, like I'm just like I need a Franco. I'm like they all play. No, like, yeah. None, none, Wait, none of them they, no, they didn't. No, I, the Indigo I Girls did. Yes, the Indigo Girls are were my first real foray into dyke music, and I I'm so happy to hear that. I I, I didn't even know it at the time, and going back to uh, all girls summer camp. <laughs> I okay. I love, for those of you who don't know, and like five of you know, actually maybe none of you know, because I've never articulated this out loud, I love Jill's stories about going to an all-girls summer camp. I mean, who wouldn't, but I'm just able to create this whole picture that may or may not be correct, and a lot of it is in line with the Adams Family and like when Wednesday (laughs) went to camp. A little bit of that. And they were like, who wants to pretend to drown in the pool, whatever, and that like, Gross, like, basic girl is like, I'll be the victim. And Wednesday's like, your whole life. And now it's a meme. (laughs) Anyway, go on. But I just want to give you props on your summer camp stories. I love them. Thank you. Wow, I I always think I I sound like uh, the the chick from American Pie. Where I'm just like, so this one time? Janine Garofalo? No, no, no. Oh, no. I'm thinking Wet Hot American Summer. The other camp thing. You know, she's like, this one time at band camp. Like, I feel like that's me every other sentence. Oh, no, no. You're way cooler than that, girl. All right, good. Please. Girl, well, I mean, bitch, please. I, no, I know that. I just, I worry I get annoying with so many camp stories. No, I think it's nostalgic. And for me, I was such a person who I think really would have loved that, but I never went to summer, all oh girl summer camp for whatever reason. So I, wish you I feel like I really missed out. And like, you're supplementing my. They baby do an dyke adult experience. camp sometimes for like well, a long weekend. I'll, make, I'll make you come with me. Yeah, but anyway. I, okay. So I'm wow. at all girl summer camp. And <laughs> right. uh, there were, as you would imagine, a 
a few lesbians on staff. Uh-huh, um, I went there. I went there from age nine uh, all the way up. Camper became a counselor. So age nine through twenty three, I, I had fifteen Damn. summers there. And all. Oh yeah, I, Were I'm you like a, a senior counselor, like boss, motherfucking ass lady, putting <laughs> everyone in their place. I was the bugler and uh, and the like the sing along guitar lady. And I taught archery. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, you're really good at archery. Um, if anybody wants to look at our Instagram page, at Lesbians or Miracles, there's a beautiful picture of Jill shooting a bow and arrow. Like, Actually, my form is very bad in that picture. Uh, well, so. yeah, to the untrained eye, <laughs> you look like you're in the fucking Hunger Games. Carry on. But anyway, so the counselors, I was like 10. This is my second summer at camp. And one of my counselors was just playing Indigo Girls. All the time. And I you think were most of the counselors were obsessed with indigo girls. Straight, gay, whatever. It was just like this camp thing. Hell yeah. And there's closer to fine, like, weaseling its way into <laughs> my heart and soul. And that summer, I left. And then the next summer, oh, here's this music again. And, like, <laughs> then I learned who it was. I didn't know closer who this was. Closer to fine, like, was the song. Well, it's that, it was that whole album, but... But that's the song. Yeah, Closer to like, Fun and, is the song. Can I just quickly reference... Do you know what I'm going to say right now? The about, Yes! <laughs> when they're all in the car going where? Oh, Dinosaur. Yes! And they just keep playing it over and over, and Alice's mom is in the car. Yes, okay. yes. Such a beautiful So this moment. was like my summer. Gotcha. And so I found out who it was, and I went out, and I didn't know what album it was, so I bought like a live tape. And uh, I was really a disappointed. Oh, like a tape? Oh, an cassette actual tape. tape. It was 1993. Yes. It was a cassette tape. Oh my God, perfect. And don't you love that we had like expendable income? I mean, not much, but like at the time, cassettes cassettes were a thing. Like oh, you could yeah. go into Strawberries and buy a cassette and it was like the cool thing to do. Yeah, I would have to save up allowance. Like I had to pick and choose what I wanted to buy. Yeah. So I saved up and I bought this cassette tape and I was so disappointed because it wasn't the album. It was just like, oh. I wasn't like, I just didn't know. I, it was just like a live album. Had some of the same songs. You're like, this isn't the Galileo that I know and love. <laughs> when you like really oh, God, like song. internalize a song, like that in your soul, like you need the version that you yeah. fell in love with in the first and place. It's like, like a person. You're like, like where's the version that Kid I fell Fears in love with? is on that album and I, I think like Michael Stipe does backup vocals in that song. Jesus. And it's just like, it's just... Just that, I needed the album front to back, and yeah. I bought the wrong fucking tape. I was so disappointed. Spent all your allowance. Yeah, but it it's so funny to me, because, like, I, you know, I was 10. I was, you know, 10 years away from realizing I was gay. Damn. But for some reason, like, my little baby gayness was just like, that, yep, that's the music. <laughs> I love my, that. These are, these are my people singing to me. Yeah, I had a really, well, not a really similar experience, but when I was, like, well, when was the first Lilith Fair? 97. Okay. It was in 1997, so I was 12. So, like, really coming of age. And when I was 12, my mom was... She had us when we were 25, so she was 37. So she was relatively young and was always relevant and cool and is still hella relevant and cool. But she was these, like, woman singers and songwriters were kind of of her generation and her contemporaries, and she was listening to them constantly. And maybe that was a time when, like, it was, like, post the Indigo Girls releasing their first album. I think CDs were newly a thing. And we had just gotten a CD player, and she had, like, the Cranberry CD, 
Cheryl Crow, Liz Fair, oh Luscious Jackson. I love um, your mom. Definitely Missy Elliott, Sarah McLaughlin, Jewel, Suzanne Vega, Natalie Merchant. She loved. So like all of my exposure to a lot of the Lilith Fair artists was through my mom. And I just remember being like a really young kid. And I've written about this so many times. And watching my mom get ready for work. Like she was a waitress and always worked in really high-end restaurants. And I remember her like putting on her makeup as a little kid and thinking she was so beautiful. And like the definition and representation of perfect femininity all while this music was playing in the background. So like I feel oh, like wow. it's That's so really much formative. like... Yeah, informed. It was like so critical to my coming of age experience. And whenever I listen to these artists, like I think of her and me coming into my own and understanding her. Of course, she was still very much my mother, but also kind of as a person in the world who like had passions and interests that were sort of reflected and represented in these songs. Wow. Yeah. That's that's so cool that you got that from your mom. I got it from just like random dyke counselors. Well, that's camp. really cool too. Yeah, it is. And, it's, and it wasn't just the Indigo Girls. Tracy Chapman was another yes. huge one. Oh my camp. god! Um, and like th- these artists, I like only heard at summer camp, which was like strange because I I got into music really early. Like I was obsessed with like I would make mixtapes off the radio from age like seven that's or so eight cool. onward. Of like course. I just loved music and I couldn't get enough and I didn't hear like Tracy Chapman on the radio like she wasn't on MTV when I would watch it and there are these these artists like like Dar Williams and Kay's Choice that I would only hear at camp until Kay's Choice did have a song they had that not not an addict song that was like kind of on the radio but I but I was into them before that song Yes! Oh my goodness. Is she like from New Zealand or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was something else I think I heard her mostly at camp. Of course. <laughs> but it also makes sense too. I mean, and I think it's interesting how like we were particularly drawn to that type of music. Yeah. And you know, and I guess it like, it makes sense or it makes sense that it's sort of informed in a large part who we are today. And I, I think I like completely forgot what I was going to say. Hold on. Our signature sound, folks. The cracking open of a beer. Um, I totally fucking forgot what I was going to say. But I love how we sort of had these different experiences, I guess through the Lilith Fair artists. um, And you came to it towards camp and I came to it towards my mom. But I feel like it was at a particular time in both of our lives where not to be gross and like I shouldn't even think it's gross or awkward to say this but when you're transitioning um from a child into being a woman and I feel like especially the 90s was an era and in the course of these women singer songwriters but not even women singer songwriters just a lot of the music that was being produced was like very much in its feelings and like kind of yes. brooding yeah and Alanis Morissette was another huge one yeah. and they were like oh Angry, angry female. Yeah, music. angry female. Or it's it like, was heaven like, forbid, a woman expressed totally. like you know. We were at like a certain time in like the conversation around feminism and sort of all of that yeah. shit, like becoming more women streamlined. I think, yeah, woman in rock. Um, but I think when you're sort of a brooding adolescent, anyway, it was sort of like 
not the perfect storm, but it's interesting how those things coincided because like I remember being 12 years old and Fiona Apple's album title yes. oh, had just I, come out see, and Fiona she was is 19 one of when the she little released artists that I did love and, I, and still, still love, love. <laughs> and I'm just like I love how she produces albums so infrequently because they're like such yeah. bodies of it's work like that are like birthed from It's like her. they put out an album yes. every like decade and it's always so good. And it brings you to your knees and every single song is perfect. But I remember being 12 and her being 19 and my recognizing that that was kind of older than me, but not that very much older than me. And then reading Rolling Stone was, I mean... Rolling Stone has been a thing for a long time, but it was the 90s. Like, everyone had a subscription to Rolling Stone. Yeah. Print media was still a thing. I still do. I, yeah. And my, I was too lazy to cancel my parents, it. Remember when they changed the trim size? Did they change it back? They, they did make change it back, again? and it's Thank only God. monthly now instead of biweekly. Okay. And those motherfuckers haven't sent me an issue in a couple months. I need Rolling to, Stone. need to Get contact customer service. I know yeah. it's it's At I work Rolling in publishing. Stone. I understand it's it's difficult out there. But in the nineties, like <laughs> Rolling Stone was popping as fuck. Like Rolling and Stone and MTV. A Rolling Stone and MTV and we had a Rolling Stone subscription and I personally wasn't supposed to be watching MTV, but I did. But I read about all of the context around Fiona Alba Fiona Apple's writing that album and making it herself and all of like the struggles she went through and how she was like sexually abused at a young age yeah. and suffered eating disorders and all of this shit. So like, I don't know, that was one of the most impactful albums to me as a young kid and is still one of my favorite albums, especially yeah, I'm really in September. For, actually, my I, I love Tidal and that was what introduced me to her, but my favorite is um When the Pawn. Oh yeah. Like that album, I like... I was listening to that on the I subway was, home today. I was going to say, it's one of those ones that I just put on every few months and it still feels fresh. Yeah. And I, I still connect with it so hard oh and I like God. can't get over how every song is so good. Yeah. Like, it, I, and I have so many memories attached to that album. And Tidal came out when she was, what, 19? She was 19. And no disrespect to Taylor Swift, but I remember like, you know, when she was like, blowing up and people are like oh she writes her own music i'm like okay well fiona apple put title out when she was 19 but fiona and she apple wrote is all like that her, an you know? extraordinarily talented like almost to me like classical poet yeah. her lyrics are so incredibly poetic remember? in addition to her other talents i mean for those things to be coupled together is so rare do you remember i don't know if you were old enough and if you said you weren't wa allowed to watch MTV but at the well 90, I did I snuck I think it. at like the 97 I, I might be wrong with the uh, about the year I think it was the 97 VMAs she like won an award and got up on stage and just kind of harangued the audience I've seen and the she, video she was just like this world is bullshit this is bullshit and like I remember watching it at the time I have goosebumps just by you saying that watching it at the time I was kind of, I was uncomfortable. Like, I, I was like, I kind of bought into the, oh, she's crazy, like everyone yeah. else did. Watching it now, female. watching it as an adult, I'm like, yes, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. She was right. She yeah. was right. I was wrong. You know, yeah. I was buying into the culture. And I was even Well, you like, were a kid. Like, it's, you know. But I was into Riot Girl and stuff, you know. But, I don't know, I was, I was also pretty young. But anyway, like I, Fiona Apple is someone who I've, I've, a lot of dykes I know love her, even though yeah. she's not a dyke, just because it's just this really like strong, 
female voice. Yes. And the like the people who the women who love her who aren't dykes, I've always found her these strong women who like are so powerful and like always have something interesting to say. I mean, I could go, we could make this whole I episode about, about Fiona, Fiona Apple, Apple alone. Like, and now I kind of girl wish Fiona that we had. Oh yes. And she still what was her most recent album called? I'm gonna look it up on Spotify. I, I don't know right because I don't have it. I, I'm a bad was, fan. The last one I bought was um Extraordinary Machine and that was like over <laughs> that was like 13 years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, they all come out like 10 years apart. This was another really long title, too. And this one was, I mean, to me, it was the most classically composed. It reminded me a lot of Disney's Fantasia, like in terms oh. of the musical arrangements almost. But, oh, the idler wheel is, wa- is wiser than the driving of the screw. Okay, well, I'm going to be listening to that at work tomorrow. Oh, you absolutely should. Um. I feel like another artist that's similar, like, straight artist, but a lot of dykes I know were really into her, is Tori Amos. Yeah. I never... The only song I ever loved... And wait, did Tori Amos do Lilither? Another one where... I don't think so, but I thought so I don't think so either. I was looking for her in the lineup. Me too. Um, I only listened to Cornflake Girl. Like, Cornflake Girl was my jam. I never super got into Tori Amos because it was almost... I don't know if it was too dark or, like too heavy for me. Yeah, there was, was like, a lot of That was a there. line. I, I just never got into her. See, and that's why I let, you know, a lot of like the, the Sean Colvins and the Sarah McLaughlins and the Paul Coles and the Natalie Merchants and the Joan Osborne. Well, some uh, like, of them are was, like one hit wonders too and some of them like it, have that, a body To me, as a teenager, I was, I was like, that's corny bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. I need like Fiona Apple and Tori Amos and Bjork. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but it was posturing because I, I, I like, like, I hated Cheryl Crow in high school. I love some Cheryl Crow now. Well, like, I think... I, it's just kind of like, you know, you have to get over yourself. <laughs> oh, well, and also I think you draw an interesting point in that like we're sort of all discussing these artists like collectively as a whole and like sort of like all being within the same genre but the Tori Amoses and the Fiona Apples and the Bjorks were different than oh, yeah. like the Dido's and the Cheryl Crows and the Sean Colvins in terms of like being independently produced or just like so avant-garde and innovative and experimental and lyrical and not to say that they weren't but those other sub that other subset was much more commercial and that kind of like like if you're talking about commercial versus experimental that brings me to my other to literally if you were to ask who's your favorite artist who has ever played Lil's Fair it's by far Missy Elliott yeah and it's because she's experimental but just like has like this really like weird pop sensibility and I like she's someone who I listen to all of her albums, front to back, really? don't skip any songs. Yeah, she's probably in my top five favorite artists of all time. That's like, incredible. I'm, I didn't like, know that. Yeah, I got into her in high school. A friend of mine um, made a mixtape. We had both just gotten our licenses and cars. And I remember it was her first day with her car, and she made this mixtape, and she picked me up from a party. And I was in a place where I had just been to a party without sharing too much. <laughs> sure. Maybe not maybe not my best self at we that moment. Get it. And I just remember being in the being in my friend's car. It was like this old big like Chevy Malibu that yes. I like a grandpa would drive. Of course. And um there she had like a couple songs off a uh, Super Dupa Fly on the mixtape. It was um she had hit him with hit him with a he and uh Beat Me Nine One One, which is one of my favorite songs. It's so <laughs> fucking good. And I just remember, like, I felt like I was in another galaxy. That's I was incredible. Like, it was like, what is this? What am I listening to? And it's just like, oh, it's just some, like, 
tracks on this Missy Elliott album that she happened to like. And I was just hooked forever. And that, it almost makes me wish that there were a Lilith Fair now, because I, it would be so cool to see, you know, like, Missy Elliott and Fiona Apple. Well, like, that would never and happen anymore. Erica Badu, right? you know, and Janelle Monae, and, like, and to you know, the earlier Bjork. Like, I'm like, can I just like yeah. have my own festival? Yeah, I can just totally. Make a festival. Can we have like a lesbians or miracles festivals? <laughs> yeah. And like probably like five percent of them women who has music we like. Okay, yeah, come play. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, no that's exactly the, your like the point that we were both making, and why I think Lilith Fair was so special because it happened at a time in the '90s, and like. Again, maybe we should have done our research and maybe we'll supplement this with a further episode. But regardless of whatever was going on politically and like where feminism was and how much progress it had made, it was a particular time when all of these artists from like all of these different genres and backgrounds and levels of production and levels of fame and notoriety came together for three consecutive years in this festival and then just delivered what was, I think, very much received as like a cohesive package and one that was necessary in filling a void, not filling a void in the marketplace, but like satisfying a specific demand for that type of festival. And then we were talking earlier about how that wasn't possible when they tried to relaunch it in 2010. Like the cultural ideology had shifted so much or to such a different, or such an extent that it just didn't work anymore. Another reason though, we so we were we Leah and I were talking about Lilith Fair and how how neither of us considered the 2010 Lilith Fair canon <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and like trying to figure out like why why did it fail what was the problem and something I hadn't considered till just this second is that um, traveling festivals were huge in the 90s Lollapalooza yeah Lilith Fair Ozfest yeah. Um, not the Oz case fast. in 2010. I, uh, I had a lot of like metalhead guy friends, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah. So by 2010, it was um, stationary things one weekend. It was it was Coachella, Bonnaroo. It, so people travel to a place, not oh, a festival traveling yeah. to you. Even Lollapalooza That's now is such a at, good observation. A yeah. So I think that actually, I, I mean, I'm sure you could like was. find. Fem- feminist reasons also, but I do think just the nature of it, festivals. Yeah, like there there aren't really a lot of traveling festivals now. It's just like a festival kind of anchored to a specific place for a specific weekend or maybe two. That's so true. So I think I'm just going to go with that for why it failed. <laughs> yeah, I think it's better than like positing the other scenario. And maybe it's not, I mean, maybe it has less to do with feminism or like, well, I think it has to inherently, it inherently has to do with some sort of way that women are being talked about or, I don't know, interacting with each other or some sort of like cultural or ideological shift with regard to everything. I mean, another I mean, reason is we've that, undergone like, that a lot. Is not really part of pop culture anymore. You know, well, after, in, in the late 90s, it's, it's really interesting that Lilith Fair, because Lilith Fair was kind of the last gasp of, of those kind of stars because at the same time that Lilith Fair was having its last uh, hurrah in 99, uh, Britney Spears was blowing up. And yeah. that was, you know, music was really shifting and we're still kind of in the Britney era of really um, produced, packaged uh, pop stars. 
and there's not as much space for like a singer songwritery band situation. It's 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 very corporate. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff happening at like an indie level, but uh, it it's not over the pop airwaves. You know, like a Sheryl Crow wouldn't really be a Sheryl Crow today. For sure. And 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 if there were, it would only be her, you know? Yeah. Well, there's, yeah, I think there's far less opportunity for bridging genres and for people of different genres. I mean, yeah, for there to be an audience for it. I, I also think people are kind of like, now are able to be more siloed in their tastes and in their communities and with regard to the people they interact with because... You, if you get on the internet, you can find super like-minded people who yeah. like, like a lot of and what is kind of like specific. Yeah, exactly. So I think you know now maybe there's like less room for crossover and crossover in the name of like womanhood and sisterhood than there was an opportunity for in the 90s. Yeah. I guess, and like, not to reduce that shit to Lilith Fair, (laughs) you know? Like, I mean, we're only like setting that up as as sort of like a social and cultural example, but but it's interesting to think about why it didn't work in 2010 and why it was so effective that they did it for three years in a row in the mid-90s. And yeah, a lot of shit from the mid to late 90s wouldn't parlay in 2010, but like, you would think that might be one of them. Well, it's an interesting shift like bringing up Britney because Britney is kind of one of many gay icons. Yeah, um, for sure. And I would I would never call Britney like dyke music, but there's kind of like a, <laughs> a like a, a Britney. Well, actually, I've never heard well, Britney at Cubby well, not that that's the be all end all. I know. It's like, not I, that I recall. I mean, it's, it's no whole celebrity skin. Yeah, exactly. Which you hear like seven fucking times in and a night. I love it every time. <laughs> but, like, there's gay music icons, and it's usually um, gay men that kind of decide who they are. It's, it's the diva culture, a diva yeah. worship. And it goes back to Judy Garland and, you know, th- up through Barbara Streisand and Cher. And Madonna. And Britney Spears and now. Yeah, and Ariana Grande now is a gay yeah, male icon. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny because I, like, a lot of a lot of dykes are into that pop, too. Because there's something great about, like, a, a big pop anthem. Hell yeah. Something really freeing. It's a great release to go out dancing. And a lot of these women have those, or, or you know, have, have music that, that, that's like that. And, and uh, we're part of the gay community too. So like there's some cro- like diva culture crosses exactly. over into like I think, the lesbian community and, naturally. And, and it's the other way. I, I do know a lot of gay guys that like can get down love, like, to like the Indigo Girls and Melissa Everett. And I Hell love yeah. that. I'm, I, I almost feel bad because I always get surprised by that. Like in a, pl- in a pleasant <laughs> way like, though. Oh, you're so ha- progressive. Yeah, like when I'm hanging out with a gay guy and like we talk about Ani DeFranco or something. Oh I'm my just god. Like, oh, really? Which is like her own problem in and of herself. Yeah, we don't need to get yeah, too let's deep into not, her tonight. Yeah, no, that's all we're gonna say. <laughs> but I feel like any dyke that's around my age maybe had some type of Ani phase. Oh, I definitely did. Oh, I, I had did. a huge Ani phase when I first came out and was dating my first girlfriend. Like, I listened to Little Plastic Castle. Oh, <laughs> of course I, I did, right? Yes. Like, be careful we getting coffee. I think these people want to shoot us. We Bitch, please. Did. If that's not like true to your experience are you even a lesbian (laughs) anyway okay but (laughs) I was like okay that's enough about Ani DeFranco I I think it's funny when you think about like we were talking about okay we want want to talk about dyke music and in a 
a broader perspective, just L- LGBT music. Yeah. And so there's a lot of diva worship, and then there's a lot of, like, kind of gay, and, like, I will survive, like, the yeah. old school. I always wonder like, if younger gays, though, like, feel that, too, because that was before my time. Like, they I feel as though they will survive? Probably not. <laughs> not now. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe four they had years that, like, ago. That, like, corny-ass Macklemore song. Oh, like. my God. Oh, can I just say a really, like, funny thing about Macklemore? Because is it Macklemore or Macklemore? It's like Tevis and Davis. I always said Macklemore. But when, no, me neither. But when I get hired, got hired at my most recent job, one of my, like, favorite people on Earth, I won't say her name. Um, but I love her so much and she's so smart and creative and I didn't even know her at the time. And I logged onto the um our like office Google Docs and there was just like one Google Doc that was shared but had like two lines of text in it and I it was like next to another Google Doc I needed, so I clicked on it and it was by this person who I love and think is so amazing and she is, but all it said was Macklemore and then next line. I wish he'd mackle less. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, he kind of appropriated gay culture by doing that song. But I did, like, the first seven times in a row I listened to it, and I did listen to it seven times in a row, like, cried. <laughs> I was maybe getting my period, but still. Oh, that's another thing. You, It's great when artists will embrace their gay fans. Um, some of them do, some of them don't. Yeah, um, that's like, true, you're like right. Like, a lot of, like, disco, not a lot of them, but I, I, I do recall, like, some disco divas from, like, the 70s that are, like, super Christian and are like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, I hate y'all. But, uh... Wait, okay, so to harken back to what you were saying before, and I'm sorry to have interrupted you, if you think, like, young queer's anthem is not I Will Survive, and, like, maybe it is and maybe it's well, not, then, like, what is it? Well, I always wonder, please, um, because like email I, us. Yeah, please do, because I, when I'm out, like I can get down to some like disco gay, like like Sylvester, um, you make me feel mighty real. Um, yeah, Alicia Bridges, who was a huge dyke. <laughs> um, I love the nightlife. Oh like, my god, that yes. song like gives me feelings. You love like, to I, boogie. I I got to boogie. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> How dare I? <laughs> Um, uh, what's it? Thelma Houston, I think. Don't don't leave me this way. Like all those songs are come such a through with the knowledge, please. Disco jams that like gays have always really like felt, and I always wonder. Like I'm like like when I see like twenty year old gays, I'm like, do you even know? Like, yeah, totally. Like, like but every generation feels that, you know. But I. I that that stuff those disco anthems were way before my That's time. True. That was twenty yeah. years. But oh but, yeah. But is it like young gays now being like? Oh my God! Like a prayer, because it, it kind of is. Like, yeah, it's like, that that's great. like their that's like nostalgic to them. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I know. Seriously. So my question is, to like baby gays twenty years from now, of the pop divas, the the youngins that are out today putting out the hits, which ones are gonna? really last and uh we'll we'll have have the the people that are you know babies now like look back and actual be like, babies yeah now. like literal babies and they'll be like at metropolitan their first time as a 21 year old i hope it's still and there the, <laughs> it will be forever forever until new york sinks it's, into the I mean, ocean which will probably all the be in 20 ones, years so anyway yeah um but anyway like Will they, will like the DJ throw on 
Ariana Grande and they'll be like, oh my god, it's into you or whatever, you know, like, yeah, like, like who, who will stand the test of time? Like, will we, will we be hearing Katy Perry as like a fun throwback jam? Interesting. That, I mean, that's such an interesting question and it's something that I never thought of, thought about. I will say that just to speak to the example that you cited, I had never really been into Ariana Grande before. And then she dropped the sweet in her album and I think like God is a woman especially if there's any song you don't like that song oh no 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 I do oh I was smiling because I, oh. I, I I like okay her. I thought you were like oh like no no I, yes. I I I turned around when um I think that the song album has... before that actually oh you did oh yeah yeah okay, I okay. went from like oh to like yes yes <laughs> and like she has an amazing group of producers working with her Pharrell well, produced I mean, they all Sweetener do. they all do but I also feel like this album has evolved into something like that none of her other albums were doing and like there are some serious bangers on that and I haven't also, listened to it front to back I need to it's I will. real it's a good one to listen to front to back I would say you know those albums that are just like bodies of work and each song like discreetly like discreetly unto itself is amazing but they all sort of inform one another and you feel like you've been taken on a journey from like the beginning to the end okay i think that's definitely all right an so album like i'll be that. like is this album toilet paper because i'm going front to back yeah you're gonna go front <laughs> to back with sweetener <laughs> you're gonna sweeten up your zhuzh um but it also she is sweet no, anyway she's, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> she's already sweet she's bloody sweet um i was gonna say as many people will testify and then I was like don't say that and then I was like just say that as a thing that wouldn't happen cool Uh, but also in the course of my being obsessed with sweetener and like following Ariana Grande on Instagram she reposts a bunch of stuff that her fans post to her own stories which is cute um what I've seen is like gay men stand for her like she's totally playing into the whole diva paradigm that seems at this point if to not be eternal definitely something that's like been continuing and repeating in a similar vein on a generational basis for like at least 50 years yeah you know well i mean throwback to uh sex in the city when samantha jones is promoting her younger boyfriend smith jared Oh, um, Smith Jared. I never uh, <laughs> watched Sex in the City, really, but I know about I've Smith Jared. I've watched it numerous times. <laughs> <laughs> and she was promoting him and trying to, like, make him a star. And she was like, first it's the gays, then it's the little girls. And I think a lot of um, pop, female pop artists are very, or and their handlers are very savvy their to handlers. that. Yeah. Because if you can, you know, it's a, it's a really solid fan base yes um and yeah it's mostly gay men but it bleeds over into women and i find that uh some of these pop stars try to cash in on that on on their kind of like gay female fan base and some Uh of them don't and i don't know if it's because i'm a dyke that i'm a little more suspicious but there there there's (laughs) Probably. Just (laughs) broadly speaking. (laughs) (laughs) But I I feel like there there's a lot of um actors and musicians, pop stars who have given very vague uh innuendos Mm -hmm. 
hinting that may, maybe they're not 100% straight. And, and I describe it that way because it's always just so vague and it's like... And is this a publicity stunt or is it just to promote this song that I just released and because ambiguity is sexy yeah. and it lends itself to a certain intrigue, yeah. which can maybe sell more fucking records. And I think the artists that we're putting into question right now... And this is sort of an interesting carryover from one of our earlier episodes is Katy Perry and the whole I kissed a girl and I liked it thing. And not only well, that, but like... Ever gave in, did she? I don't... I don't well, think she I think putting, putting out that song is like an in, innuendo in and of itself. Yeah, and it's like, here's you are no where Jill my, well, That is this the is only where my real, real problem with it lies. Exactly as you just said, when I fucking want to hear I Kissed a Girl by Jill Sobiel on Spotify and I type it into the search box, the Katy Perry song comes up first, which is just like such an affront to me on a lot of different Well, levels. comparing the two songs, not to get too, I don't know. No, let's go there. Like, um, also, did Jill Sobiel play Lilith there? Did I oh, see her I on the list? I think she did. I, okay. I think that's a yes. I have a printout of the Wikipedia page, so Jill is going to keep talking. <laughs> so and really... I am going to rustle some papers around. <laughs> <laughs> like I think Katy Perry's song is very male gazy. It's very yeah. like. Yes. Like, oh, I hope my boyfriend don't mind it. <laughs> like he's just like, standing in the corner It don't mean I'm gross. in love tonight. Whereas Jill Sobules is very much about how she feels about it, where it's like, we're bitching about our boyfriend. Yeah. And then I felt her hand above my knee and like, I kissed a girl. I might do it again. Like, it's not, it doesn't mean anything. It's, oh, this is, this was pretty great. Uh, it, uh, uh, it her lips were sweet. It was just like yeah. kissing me, but better. Like it was very, it was a lot more, um, a lot more about her experience and her feelings. And than not like, like derivative of heterosexuality at all. Yeah. It was more woman centric. And that's an interesting point. Like Katy Perry's song would not be possible or like be able to exist without the function of the male gaze in that song. And it's sort of the function of the male gaze. That's like upholding the whole narrative that's at play there. Yeah, and it just—I don't know. I I I hate to police anyone's identity because yeah, because it's course. wrong to do that. But yeah, and we see, wouldn't want like, people doing that to us. Like when, we would like, flip out. I see every other young pop star. I mean, it doesn't happen so much now, and I don't know if it's that it doesn't happen so much, or I just like now I'm like that young generation's everyone's queer, so that that's fine. Yeah, but I don't know. Ten years ago, or so, there were there was a lot of. There are a lot of pop stars that uh, would kind of tease possibly maybe being a little queer, a little bi, but they would never date women. And that doesn't mean that, you know, bi, a lot of bi women do never date women. They Maybe they don't They don't have, you know, there's a lot more straight men than there are queer women out there. Gay um, fucking men. <laughs> yeah. And so it's not to invalidate that. But no, for it, but, sure. But... You can't deny that in in pop music, there's this huge machinery, you know, marketing people around like queer. Innuendo. Yeah, like and, and, any, but it's always it's always with lesbians. It's like and like to, uh, for a like a male pop star for there to be suspicion around his heterosexuality, oh, will his it will ruin his fucking career. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's something. I mean, like I feel with women, it's something that like their publicity teams might perpetuate. And that's the and other with side. Men, it's something that is squashed and dead and I'm sure there are gay men or I'm sure there are male pop stars well Lance Bass for example like that's the only one what well, he dated Mandy Moore <laughs> and, but he's the only one I can think of that came out well yeah 
On the other hand, like, to kind of be my own devil's advocate is that, like, if there are queer female pop stars, sometimes the most they can do is hint at possibly yeah. being bi because if they're just like, I am a huge dyke, that's like... Well, that will take that, their that, career, too. Yeah, exactly. It, like, there, it has to just be the tease so, and the possibility. I, I do get suspicious of uh, marketers kind of trying to take advantage because, you know, go, go to any pride parade and you see a lot of, like... You know, it's cor- a, corporate entities that yeah, are, that, that are doing exactly what they know they need to be doing. Well, uh, yeah, and so, rainbow capitalism, yeah, is a real fucking thing. And so you can't blame me for being a little uh, suspicious. Of, I would of never pop, of pop stars for sure, but it, it does it does go both ways, which a lot of those pop stars might also. And I yeah, <laughs> and I feel like even I mean. Artists like Madonna and Michael Jackson, and even further back than that, were just is Michael sort a gay of, icon or is he just an icon? I don't know. I think he's just an icon, and yeah, I whether so. or not they were like, I mean, queer or straight or whatever, there was just a sexuality about them that translated, I think, across sexual identity identities and gender identities. But that's a totally different yeah, thing than like that's a different say episode. you're kind of gay to <laughs> sell records. Yeah, that's a different episode. <laughs> so Jill and I have been talking about this episode for a while and I hope it translates that we were really excited about it and I don't know, just think especially a little affair, but thinking all of thinking about all of these sort of topics within the context of being a lesbian or a dyke or a queer woman or a queer person is just fun and interesting. Anyway, we thought a really interesting way to close this episode out would be with some Lilith Fair trivia. So we've each drawn up 10 questions for each other. Um, um, I'm going to apologize. I only have six. Oh, you have six? <laughs> okay. So how about we do five questions and then like if we need to do a like a bonus, bonus round, round of a deal breaker... That's what we'll do. Okay, so we each have five questions for each other, and it's probably (laughs) good because I made extra, because who knows, maybe ours would have been the same, and that would have been an issue too. Here's how we're going to score each other. We're each going to say the lyric of a Lilith Fair song. Um, I think I have supplemental lyrics. So I think, okay, so we say the lyric, if you can't get it and need the next lyric, I get it. Yeah, then that's 0.5 points. Okay. If you, if I say the lyric... Oh, wow, you really thought this through. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Of course I did. So if I say the lyric and you guess either the artist or the name of the song, that's one point. Okay. If I say the lyric and you guess both the artist and the name of the song, that's two points. And if I say the lyric and, or you say the lyric to me... And the other person guesses the artist, the name of the song, and can say the next line. That is three points. So to recap, you need a hit, 0.5. Either the artist or the the song, one. Both the artist and the song, two. Artist, song, next line, three. Who wants to go first? Well... By the way, I like featured a sample of this on the at Lesbians or Miracles Instagram story. Follow. Follow. Tell us how much you love us. We tell you how much we love you all the time. So like just, you know, be conscious of that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I trotted like the idea of this out and was like posting those little questions to the story. And 
people were gagging for it. They wanted me to keep posting more. You were like, save some for the episode. So I did. Yeah, and also I was like, I'm not getting any You're of like, these. You're like, this is making me really fucking nervous. And I was like, Stop I'm getting it. the easy ones out of the way because <laughs> if it gets harder than this, I am so screwed. So I, if, if, if you are all betting people, put your money on Leah. I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay, well, I had some like, uh, like really difficult ones, but I'll go with the easier ones. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. I'm going to keep score. I'm going to do it in front of you so you can tell that I'm not cheating. Not that I don't think you would think that I would. Okay. But just in case. All right. So You're supposed to say, no, I would never. Oh, I'm sorry. I was actually looking at this. I wasn't listening to a word you Okay, say? that's fine. My too. apologies. No, it's fine. <laughs> Sally forth. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I just, like, read a couple lines. Read, like, the first line, or if it's, like, a really yeah. short first line. Does it line? have to be the first line, or, does, or like, should I the start The first complete thought. In the song? No, anywhere. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Uh, but, like, something that's, like, not insane. Like, it can't be, like, yeah. I saw him. You yeah. know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. It's gonna, it's gonna be, like, a whole verse. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it might not be the first verse. Well, it does, I don't even think it has to be the whole verse. I think it should be, like... The first complete the first line stanza. in the verse. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Take me in. No questions asked. You strip away the ugliness that surrounds me. Who are you? Are you an angel? Oh my God. I don't know. I'll read. I'm going to read the next line in the verse. Okay. So this, I'm already only going to get. No, no. Verse. I was going to read the whole verse anyway. We're going to. I'm I'm a very forgiving competitor. Okay. Because uh, I know I'm going to totally. No, I don't think you are. Am I already that gone? I only... In the arms of an angel? You're very warm, but no. Um, I only hope that I won't disappoint you. When I'm down here on my knees, who are you? I will be there for you. Still warm? The same temperature? <laughs> I don't know. You're right on Sarah McLaughlin. It's Sweet Surrender. Oh, God One of fucking damn it. Sarah McLaughlin songs. I but that's can't the second believe verse. it. If I start from the first verse and I said, it doesn't mean much, it doesn't mean anything at yeah. all, the life I've left behind me is a cold room, you would be like, oh, sweet surrender, Sarah McLaughlin. Okay. I'm just going to throw this, throw you a bone on this. Okay. As the bombshells. Okay, so to be clear, zero, Leah. Zero. <laughs> now it's Jill's turn. This was my idea. Honestly, you think you're throwing me a bone. I, I, I'm not good at this Bitch. stuff. I'm a, I'm a music girl. If this were name that tune and you played me like two seconds, I would get it. But hearing words, my brain's like, I don't you know. You know what? I'm going to try and read the lyric like in accordance with the rhythm of the song. Okay. To what extent I'll, that's even possible, I'm not sure. We're about to find out. Okay. <laughs> And as the bombshells of my daily fears explode, I try to trace them to my youth. Oh my god. Okay, I do know that shit. Okay. Oh my, I know this. I absolutely know this. It's a very common song. I absolutely know this. Why can't I get it? Shit. Because I think maybe there's just so much pressure. No. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is going to kill me. You're going to tell me what it is, and I'm going to, like, really curse myself. Uh Uh-huh. Will you read it again? And as the bombshells of my daily fears explode, I try to trace them to my youth. Do you need the next line? Then it will be 0.5. Fine. (laughs) 
And then you had to bring up reincarnation over a couple of beers the other night. Oh, Galileo. God no fucking girls. damn it. Yes, it was the way I said reincarnation, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I knew it. Uh, <laughs> point. Oh, uh, wait, five. wait. How long till my soul gets it right? Do I get to do that? No, it's no, okay. No, you blew no. it. You... I, no, you're right. I blew yeah. it. It's I fine. feel like I'll once you ask, okay, once you ask for the next line, the this most is something you can that get I didn't. Point five. Yes. Okay. You all relinquish right. all points. It's like, whose line, not whose line is that anyway? Who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> not at all. Let's go on. Okay. Um, breathe it in and breathe it out and pass it on. It's almost out. We're so creative, so much more. We're high above, but on the floor. I don't know. Do oh, you my God. The next yeah. Line? I, You're going to get it from the next line because I'm going into the chorus. Okay, just say it. It's not a habit. It's cool. I feel alive. If you don't have it, you're on the other side. I still don't know. It's a not an addict by Case Choice. I wouldn't have known that. Oh, it's because I'm old. I'm sorry. No, it's not. I like was looking at Case Choice today, and then I was like, I don't know any of these songs. <laughs> I should have just read the first part where it goes, hmm ah, hmm ah, hmm ah. <laughs> I still wouldn't hmm, have known. Ah. I don't know that <laughs> well, song. Well, like, am hmm, I a bad dyke? No, you're not a bad dyke. Is this like what we were talking about? Like, um, the ge- am I like we write on the gener- some weird generational cusp? This song, okay, this song, I think it was like popular. It was like th- this is their most popular song, and I think it came out in like '96. Okay. Um, I'm gonna okay. Let's okay. see if you can get this one. All right. <clears throat> I'm pretending not to see them, and instead I pour the milk. I can do the next line. You know what it is, I feel like. I, I this It's ringing a bell because I feel like I used to know someone that would cover this song. But yeah, give me the next. Do, 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 do. Oh, Suzanne Vega, Tom's Diner. It wasn't what I was thinking, but yeah. Okay. You're beating me. Oh, help me, but don't tell me to deny it. I've got to cleanse myself of all these lies till I'm good enough for him. I've got a lot to lose, and I'm betting high, so I'm begging you, before it ends, just tell me where to begin. I know this song. You do know it. Fiona Apple Criminal. Yep. Yes. So how many points is that? I don't know. And, and wait, okay, the so the next line is what I need is a good defense. Yes. I, feel like, oh, I need to like more strategically pick the lines. No, I you really threw me a bone and I needed it because I was making myself. It's like, how dare you do an episode on Lil Affair when you don't know shit. <laughs> this is a hard game. This is a hard game, but I love I, it. Yeah, I like it. I feel like, like when I post it in retrospect, when we're done with the podcast, uh, yeah, a thousand percent. <laughs> like for all of time, should we host a Lilithair trivia night? Yeah, probably. Um, and maybe when I post it on the story, we'll people are cheating, but I don't tomorrow. think so. Yeah, we'll see you all at Cubby Hole tomorrow. Well, not really, because this isn't going to come out for a few weeks, and, but yeah. we'll probably see you that we, tomorrow We also. also recorded, like, um, a Labor Day episode. <laughs> well, yeah, you already like, know about happy that. Happy Labor Day. Oh, P.S. It comes out on Columbus Day. Yeah, P.S. It's <laughs> Halloween. Cool. Your turn. <laughs> no, it's your turn. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Right. Mm. Okay. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> I'm started. I'm starting to ignore you. I've doubted you so long. I'm tired of overthinking. I know you don't belong. I have no idea. Now I'm asking questions. No one pushes me around. Everybody feels this way sometimes. Everybody feels this way. And you might not know it. I don't know if I do. It's I Do by Lisa Lowe. Oh, ah! shit. <laughs> you know what? I never would have gotten that. Okay, like, but you did get it. Yeah, Should I we mean, give like, you like a, like just. No, no. Okay. I want to well, play fair. Well, you said the answer. I, <laughs> that, I, I only know two Lisa Loeb songs and it's Stay and that and I barely know that Okay, song. okay. Like okay. I don't know the lyrics to that. Like I know like the chorus. If you like hummed it, I'd be like, oh, Lisa Loeb, I do. But like just yeah. hearing the lyrics, I don't know what that okay. is. Well, some of us walk down the street um, silently karaokeing to Lisa Loeb. And some of us don't. And that's fine. <laughs> to each their own. Well, I mean, if it's stay, I am in that category, but... Chill. Okay. You just say I only hear what I want to. <laughs> okay, your turn. I have a feeling you're going to get this one. Okay. Huh? Well, I've walked these streets. A virtual stage, it seemed to me. Makeup on their faces. Actors took their places next to me. Mm-mm. Well, I've walked these streets in a carnival of sights to see. Oh, carnival, Natalie (laughs) Merchant. Damn, I just give it away after the clue. So that's point five. Okay. Um, I was born underwater with three dollars and six dimes. No. Yeah, you might laugh because you did not do your math. Nope. Like one, two, three, the world keeps turning. Oh, what a day. What a day. What a day. <laughs> Erica Badu. Oh, oh shit. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that sucked. My it's bad. okay. I feel like that lyric is like really top of mind for me because I just saw Erica Badu at Afropunk and she was saying she gets asked about all of her lyrics and like the meaning in them and some of them are just completely arbitrary. But the one she gets asked the most about is, I was born underwater with $3 and six times. And what she said it meant was that she was like already, it was like 360 degrees. Like she was already a complete circle. She already had everything she needed to succeed in life. And all she needed to do was to just do it. So there's some context for you guys. If you didn't know that, now you know. That was all in her stage banter. the source. That was all her stage banter. And she was like, sometimes I just be doing shit and it don't mean anything. Not everything has to mean something. And (laughs) it was great. She's a fucking queen, obviously. Okay. okay. So. Well. That was zero. Yeah. All right. We have one more each. Okay. Boy, this evening, was it only me feeling completely down to be open down to be open for some satisfaction. Didn't want to say yes. Afraid of your reaction. I don't know. This is a tough one. I feel that. I feel like if you said it to me, I would know it. But I don't. Well, that I think that's been happening this whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's um, I'll, uh, I knew it was wrong for feeling this way. Especially the thought of giving in on the first date. Couldn't let go. It stayed on my mind. At the end of the night, I had to decide. I was thinking. I don't know. Um, I feel like you're going to say it and I'm going to know it. Monica, the first night. No, I would never. Okay. 
Not even the chorus, I should make a move, but I won't. I know you're probably thinking something is wrong. Knowing if I do that it won't be right, I don't get down on the first night. Um, after you said, yeah, no, I don't think I would have. Okay. Fuck. Now I feel like I don't even want to release this because it's just embarrassing. It's a hard game. We it's need, a hard game. We need to figure out how to how to make it easier. Maybe like the next time we do it, if we ever do it again, if we can ever recover from this fucking travesty, <laughs> we have like a multiple choice situation. Oh. I also in a lot of I'm ways. Like, or think, if I study. <laughs> or if we study. I also think just reading it and seeing it. I'm a visual learner. Maybe I'm not an auditory learner. Not like I'm learning. But maybe reading the lyric is easier. I'm just making excuses. I, I don't know. I have a great music memory. I don't really have a good memory for anything else. Okay. Well, let's... Like, like, like if you... Again, if you played, like, two seconds of any of these songs, I would be like, that's what it is. Yeah. But... I believe Hearing you. the lyrics... I don't, I don't know any lyrics. Um, okay. How about this one? I'm, I'm going to give you a small portion, and then I'll give you more. Okay. Because there's no one left to finger. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> ballad of a slut? <laughs> Do you no. want me to read the next one? Yeah. Because there's no one left to finger. There's no one here to blame. Oh. Shit. Okay, I know this. This is bringing it full circle of Ben's a hint. Adia. Yes! Sarah McLaughlin. I um, feel like we give you... Do you know the next line? Okay, so if you can guess the next line, we'll give you three points. Because there's no one left to sadness, finger. Take away your pain no. or something. Because there's no one left to finger. There's no one here to blame. Nah. Okay. It, <laughs> for reference, it's there's no one left to talk to, honey. Oh. And there ain't no one to buy our innocence. Because we are born innocent, Adia. Believe me. Believe me. (laughs) All right. So, Jill, three points. Leah, 3.5. Ah, yeah. Beat you by the smallest margin. But that was a fierce competition. That was. You know, I think next time there's a lot of improvements we can do (laughs) upon this game. Um,. To make it go more in our favor. And we're always in favor of that. <laughs> I'm always in favor of winning, but yeah. I didn't do that today. Good job, Leon. That's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lilith Fair was, for all intents and purposes, a long time ago. And maybe it's good that these songs aren't, you know, usually top of mind for us because it means we've evolved a little bit too. Or maybe we just failure failed to prepare for this episode. <laughs> but at any rate, we hoped you were able to get some enjoyment out of it. Yeah, look up some of these artists. Um, look up some of the ones that we didn't mention. I mean, and how would you know to do that? <laughs> Go to Wikipedia. Go to Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, look up the artists of Lilith there that would fill in those gaps. <laughs> you can do it on your own and should be inclined to. No, who's, absolutely who's, not. Who's, like, what is some dyke music to you? Because not all dyke music is dyke music, if That's you know true. what I mean. And I feel like maybe this is one of many episodes that we do on dyke music. Again, we just... Th- Jeff oh, Buckley look. is dyke music to me. I don't think yeah. anyone would consider him dyke music, though. I might. Okay. Now that right. you mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, all right. Well, only because I am a dyke and I've listened to his Let's get ready music. for the sequel. Yeah, let's get ready for the sequel, but 
Um, we hope you have enjoyed this, I believe, what will be our fifth episode of Lesbians or Miracles when or we do fourth. end up we'll releasing see. Or fourth, we'll see. It'll we we made certain promises, so it'll be our fifth. You guys don't care. Yeah. You're listening and it's over now anyway. So thank, so thank you so much. <laughs> Maybe we're gonna post a playlist to our Instagram feed. Oh, you know what? I actually have a Spotify playlist called Lesbians or Miracles that I made like two years before we did this Perfect. podcast. It's all coming and it's together. Full of many Lilith Fair artists, many artists that were not at Lilith Fair, but I mistakenly thought were at Lilith Fair. And yeah. then just like a bunch of like Female singers that like like Sinead O'Connor and you know it's just a bunch of that Sinead kind of O'Connor was at Lilith. Oh, Fair. she was. Okay. Oh, I hope she's doing okay. Well, anyway, send I'll, sh- I'll share links out to, for the, to the Lesbians or Miracles playlist. Yeah, uh, if I if I can figure out. So how to here do are that. your marching orders. You don't have to accept marching orders from us, but in the event you have some free time, send out some good vibes for Sinead O'Connor. She's not doing great. We're all rooting for her. Look oh, at our yeah. um, playlist Everyone on Lesbians or Miracles. Everyone owes oh, Sinead sorry. a <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I got off into a Sinead tangent. I know. I saw you uh, like look I, away I did. and got I really like a despondent <laughs> look on your face. No, it's serious. It's not even something to joke about. Yeah. But uh-huh. rate, review, subscribe. Thank you so much for being and here. We, we love you all. See you next time. Sw- sway our way. Don't come and go like you do. <laughs> Let us know who that artist is. We'll send you a t-shirt. Don't cheat and Google it. Lesbians are miracles.